0: Welcome dear listener, and thank you for joining me for this special Halloween edition of Dead Hand Radio. I'm your host, Andrew Hall. What we're about to embark on throughout these coming days leading up to Halloween is a series of interviews with people from all walks of life who've experienced some of the most harrowing, spine-chilling tales you've ever heard. We're talking ghost stories, haunted buildings, cursed lands, myths, legends and lore, the likes of which many have never heard before. Some of my guests are new most are returning visitors of the show and have agreed to share with us in some cases for the first time ever their personal experiences of unexplained and hair-raising stories from beyond the veil. Consider this your final warning. Those who choose to proceed may have their sanity challenged, question reality, or lose their mind with fear from these tales of the unknown and unexplained. And now, the Dead Hand Radio Halloween Special.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Sandy Lane, and I am a psychic medium. And you are listening to Dead Hand Radio.
0: That's great. So, welcome to Dead Hand Radio.
1: Thank you, thank you. This is a wonderful opportunity.
0: Well, thank you for joining me. I appreciate you being here.
1: It's an honor. <laughs> uh,
0: how are things going for you? Has your week been going pretty good?
1: Yes, actually I have been doing, uh, I shouldn't say doing, but creating quite a few videos for people. Um, they are needing memorials and radio shows and TV shows. And so I've been quite busy creating those for other people.
0: Oh, that's excellent. So what I uh, gauged from your background, I did a little bit of research on you and I looked at your website and mm-hmm. looked at your Facebook and stuff. And we, we have only just met, though, I've known your sister and her husband, Kathy and Roy, for over 20 years.
1: Is that right? is yeah. fun? <laughs>
0: yeah. And no, they're, they're awesome people. As a matter of fact, they're two of my favorite people in the world. Oh. That, that's, no, that's no joke. So uh, um aside from being related to two of my favorite people, you you have some interesting abilities, and that's what yes, we I talk do talk about. I
1: today. do. I I like my abilities. They're a lot of fun.
0: They're fascinating. Mm-hmm. They're 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 certainly rare. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're a psychic medium,
1: mm-hmm.
0: a remote viewer, mm-hmm. ghost hunter, mm-hmm. author, uh-huh, <laughs> and T V and radio show host.
1: Yeah. I did I have miss all- anything? Um, uh, well, no, I think you're pretty well covered.
0: And we're going to talk about each one of those abilities individually and get into a little bit more depth. But before we do that, um, do you mind going back into history a little bit and and talking about your personal history a little bit?
1: Oh no, it's kind of boring. But
0: uh, oh no, <laughs> I'll not try and make it interesting. No, not to not to me. You, you, when did you first start to realize that you had an ability like this?
1: Oh, goodness. Um, Let's see. I can remember when I was about three years old, my mother put me in bed to have a nap. And I can remember laying there. I was probably playing with my toys. I didn't want to go to sleep. But I can remember looking out of the bedroom window. And all of a sudden, the bedroom window kind of started to like fade in and out. It's difficult for me to describe. But then I got real homesick. And I didn't quite know what that feeling was, but I got very, very homesick because I, I just knew I wasn't in my own home, which was very confusing for me in my three-year-old brain. But outside of the window, I could see like if you can put in your mind um, like marketplaces over in. Uh, Egypt or, or in that area, where they would have uh, like adobe type of buildings. Um, they would have awnings over booths that were striped. And it's, I, was, I can remember I was so confused because it was like, where the heck am I? But I wanted to be back in that other city. And then um, I think the window stopped shaking or moving or whatever it was doing and then i was kind of like back in my own body laying on my bed playing with toys and so i think that's the first probably that was my first um oh i don't know situation circumstance with a uh, past life
0: but it what's what's i, I don't know the, the whole story is incredible but to me the most i guess incredible Part of that story is that you were only three years old, and you remember that.
1: Yeah, and you know what's funny because I'm I'm older than dirt right now, but <laughs> I remember that like it happened yesterday. It was so vivid and so true. Interesting word I'm using there. It was so true that I can remember how I felt. I can remember uh, thinking, "Why is that window acting strange?" And then seeing the marketplace outside of the window. And then feeling like, like, poof, all of a sudden, I'm a three-year-old laying on my bed playing with toys again. It just, like I, just like it happened five minutes ago, really.
0: So have you ever asked the question, why do you have this ability? Why not everybody, but, but why you specifically?
1: I've never really asked that question until... Now, this is how weird I am. Okay, I was like in seventh grade, and I was in art class. And all throughout my life, I thought everybody had the ability to know things. That's how naive I was about everything. So I'm sitting in art class, you know, just doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And then all of a sudden, there was a situation that came up, you know, nothing horrible, and I told the teacher in front of the class, well, blah, 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 blah. Well, everybody looked at me like I really needed a straitjacket. And it was right then and there that I knew, no, but well, not a lot of people didn't have the ability to see the future. And you were different. Then, yeah. And then I just kept it to myself. I, I didn't really speak about anything anymore.
0: Was your family aware of of these experiences that you're having?
1: I believe that they were, um, gosh, they, but I don't think they really understood it because they didn't encourage me, but they didn't say, you know, it's, it's all in your head. It's all you're imagining things. They never once said those things to me. Well, that's good. Yeah. But I don't think that they knew how to guide me or direct me or help me. They might not have known what was going on. They just probably thought, well, uh, our daughter's weird.
0: (laughs) Well, at one point, that kind of ability was really, um, there was not a lot understood about it. There's been some pretty good studies, and it's a a lot more well-known in today's culture. So I think it's a lot more easily accepted. Uh, but people are still considered outliers and um just different they're they're just they're just looked at as different and there's a lot of charlatans out there that claim to have the abilities and you know take advantage of other people
1: right, and that really hurts us sure I have uh you know quite a few friends that are very psychic, very intuitive. And we all say the same thing. It's just the charlatans hurt us because then people look at us, you know, just like we're charlatans. And it's like, no, we're only put on this earth to help people, mm-hmm. you know, in the best way that we can with the abilities that we have. So it's it's been a tough journey, but one of the things that I do, I guess I'm kind of mean, is a lot of my friends they'll say they're intuitives or mediums you know things like that you know all of the different uh, types of terms well i call myself a psychic and i know that that word is kind of shocking when people first see me or meet me or if i'm going to be talking about that But I've come to the conclusion that I like to shock people with that word because I'm going to get two reactions. One, I'm going to have people say, oh, my God, that is so cool. And then we end up talking about what's going on. Or I'll have people put their fingers up in a cross and, you know, hiss at me and run away. And that's fine, too, because then I don't have to waste my time. Now, I know that's kind of crass to say that. But it's like, I don't have time to try and help people that aren't going to believe me. So it's best to say I'm a psychic, shock you. If you don't like that, then they go away and then I can turn around to the next person and they're all excited about talking to me and needing help. So
0: so it sounds like you have a built-in vetting program.
1: I Yes, that is how you could call it. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> never thought of it that way.
0: There, there are a lot of people that think that it's something that it's not, or they don't, just completely don't understand what it is, and it scares them. There's, there's a lot of reasons why people shun the, uh, these kind of abilities. But uh,
1: You picked up on that pretty well. When you say fear, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people are fearful, because the first thing that they think of is, oh, she's going to tell me when I'm going to die. And it's like, no, I'm not. I, you know, your life is your life. I'm not going to tell you things like that. Even if I knew, I still wouldn't tell you things
0: like that. Oh, that's that. good.
1: So that's that's a big fear factor. And, it's, um, and also, too, come to think of it, they've probably had some uh, particular a scenario or a circumstance or situation that happened with a psychic that did scare them and so they don't want to have anything to do with it so when they come up on another psychic of course they just they they're just fearful and angry and and fearful and so they just go away as well
0: yeah I think a lot of people are also afraid of what other people will think if mm-hmm. they associate with somebody who has psychic abilities
1: very true. So
0: very, very true. there's a, there's a countless reasons why people would shun somebody with abilities like that. Mm-hmm. There is. Um, there really and, is. and I really don't want to focus on those people because right. they, they aren't really important to this discussion. Okay. So, but what is important is when I asked you if you've ever thought about or asked the question, why me? Why do I have mm-hmm. this ability and not everybody else? Mm-hmm. You told me when you first realized you were different, but did you, did you ever ask or ever seek an answer to, why do you have this ability and not everybody else? Why is it such a, a rare and unique ability?
1: Um, you know, I have. I talk to my spirit guides all the time. <clears throat> and many, many, many years ago, I believe I probably did ask them, why me? And I think the the answer that they gave me is just because you're special and you can talk with people and you can help people. Uh-huh. And it's like, okay, well, that's cool. Uh-huh. I've always tried to help people. I've always enjoyed sharing information. And if that information is insight to someone's future, well, then I'm happy because I'm sharing that information with that particular person for their particular uh, situations.
0: Interesting. Are you? I'm sure you have like a code of ethics, even if it's your own code of ethics, where you are, you know, you you do not read a person unless they give you permission. Is that true?
1: Yes, that's very true. Because it, well, just just out in the the ethers, if you don't have permission, like you say, to read someone, then. Then the the universe is going to say, "Oh, that's a big no-no," and then I pay the price.
0: Oh,
1: yeah, and that price isn't—it's not fatal or anything, but believe me, I sure know when that karma's hitting
0: me. So you you have several abilities. I mean, uh, psychic uh, abilities as far as um, reading or experiencing past lives, reading future events, is that something that you're able to do?
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Usually I can do both with, um, I offer intuitive readings and I use minerals. I have 117 different stones and like uh, a client will come to the house. That's where I give my readings and they choose, you know, particular stones and they lay them down in a pattern. And then I, I use the stones to guide me. They're all programmed with their own meaning. I use the stones to guide me and I listen to their spirit guides or their ancestors or anybody that else wants to come along and help me give them a reading to give a future insight of what's going on or actually to help their present situations. Now I don't offer this is what you need to do. Okay, I only offer choices. And it's amazing how someone will come to the house and they're just they they walk in and they're just like they're just they're afraid they're nervous they're they're sad they're you know whatever their their emotions are and then after the reading I love it because they're standing up straight they want to hug they're smiling and when they leave they're walking straighter it's it's such an awesome thing to see you know, physically see when I know that I have helped a client, Mm -hmm. they they just feel better about themselves and about the future. So that's what I offer is intuitive reading using uh, the minerals. And then at times, people will say, well, can you tell me, you know, one of my past lives? And it's like, well, let me tune in. And a lot of times it's not my forte. But a lot of times I can tune in and, you know, they were born 500 years ago in Spain and they did this and lived that way. And it's really kind of fascinating because they'll say, you know, I've always had a fascination with Spain and I want to visit there. And when I see pictures on TV or in a book or whatever, I just feel like it's my home. Wow. And so that's really cool.
0: (laughs) That is very cool. Yeah. Uh, Because you get to experience that past life as well, right? By mm-hmm, reading that I do. It's mm-hmm. oh, interesting.
1: I can go back and uh more or less I'm like I'm physically there. I can see the, the landscape or the the clothing or their home. I can smell the uh, if someone's cooking, um, if there's animals around. I can feel the air temperature if it's hot or cold. Yeah, you know, things like that. It's it's like I'm physically there and I can use all physical uh, of my uh, characteristics to see what's going on in their past life. Mm-hmm.
0: That's so incredible. So it's yeah. like you're you're kind of like a time traveler.
1: Oh, I like that. Well, now that's what I do with my remote viewing is that I use that ability to help with a past life experience or a situation or a location where my client has been at one time.
0: Okay, so one last question about the psychic ability the psychic mm-hmm. um, when you when when you first realized that you could experience past lives, you were three you didn't understand what that was, and that's totally understandable because you know it was just something weird that happened but you can also communicate with spirits, and how old were you when you realized that you could not only communicate, but see dead past spirits.
1: You know, I don't even remember. I have been doing this for so long. And there again, I thought everybody could do it. So I can't even give you a specific date on that. I I just don't remember. It's just with me all of my life.
0: Do you have a specific like recount of A certain moment that you can recall and share with me right now.
1: Well, one time I, I, like I said, throughout my life I've kind of talked, you know, about this and that something else. But I can remember, I gosh, when I think I was sixth, seventh grade. I can't even remember now. But up the street, I knew that there was going to be an accident. There was a road that stopped at another road. It wasn't like a crossroads. It was like a T. And my girlfriend was uh, visiting that day. And I said, you know, we have got to go up to the intersection there and stop this accident. And she said, how in the world can we stop it? And I said, just come with me. And it was quite urgent, it wasn't that far away. So we ran up to the corners. And then all of a sudden, way up the road, I saw a car coming and I said uh, to my friend, her name was Kathy, I said, That's the car that I think could be hit. She goes, there's nobody else around. I said, oh, just hang in there. Just start saying there won't be an accident. There won't be an accident. So we started chanting that. All of a sudden, down the other road that uh, ran into the the other crossroad, here comes a car, and we could just see it wasn't going to stop at the stop sign. And I told Kathy, I said, start chanting harder, deeper, stronger, which we both did and we did stop that accident the person that was driving too fast coming up to the intersection almost hit the car that we saw way up the road that was coming towards us and that car had to literally drive off into the ditch so the other car wouldn't hit it now as the other car is zooming around the corner of course the other man that was in the car that ended up in the ditch is you know swearing and finger gesturing and all kinds of stuff my friend looked at me and said how in the world did you know that and I said I just knew there was an accident we need to stop it we did let's go home
0: that's an incredible story and I don't I don't doubt you for one second that it happened the way exactly the way you told it it just you know
1: things like that happen around me all the time it just I. but
0: and and now Do you have an understanding of how you get that information? No, I still
1: don't. After all of these years, I I cannot even begin to tell you where it comes from. I could say, you know, from all the powers that be, spirit guides, uh, people's thoughts, I, I, I could just say yes to all of those because I have no answer for that. It's just, I know it. And so I try and take care of it.
0: Yeah, why why overthink it. You know that it's real. Just do what what you're guided to do and make a difference. That's freaking awesome. I think it's I think it's amazing
1: actually. Oh, sure. Well, like one time, my, well my my daughter when she was uh, what was she, 6, I think, 7. We were in Walmart shopping and all of a sudden I just turned to her and I said, "You know, if your stomach hurts right here, let me know." Because there's, that's not a stomach ache. Okay, two weeks later, <laughs> she came to me in the middle of the night saying, oh, mom, I hurt so bad. Took her to the hospital, and her appendix had burst. Wow. I was <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, let's get you to the hospital. So when we were at Walmart, I just was shopping. I, I can remember I just stood there. I was, like, frozen. And I turned to her, and I said, let me know when your stomach hurts. And so I don't know where that came from, but I'm glad it did. So I just didn't, you know, say, oh, you just ate too much candy and disregarded kind of thing.
0: I, you know, I I just had a thought and I I realized that some people listening to this might think that it's, um, you know, they, they might not believe that it's something special they may be more skeptical and think Mm -hmm. that it's sure it's simply an enhanced intuition Mm -hmm. right um which could possibly be true but you have other abilities besides this sure so so it lends itself to something a little bit more unexplainable in in my opinion Mm -hmm. that's just my opinion
1: sure Uh, that's a good opinion
0: and (laughs) so you're um what is remote viewing for people who don't understand what that is
1: okay this is just my opinion okay because I teach this class so I have to make sure that my my students know this too remote viewing is where I can go anywhere on the face of the earth sitting right in the comfort of my own home using my psychic abilities And also using remote viewing skills and abilities, which are that you can go to any place on earth and see that using all of your senses, your sight, your hearing, your smell, your touch, everything.
0: Interesting. And there's no limitation to the location or the time.
1: No, no, there really isn't. Now, What I teach in my class is this remote viewing skill, anybody can learn it. The military has used it for, I don't even know how long um, in their teachings. So people can, again, learn how to remote view and they too can go out to any location on the face of the earth and see what's going on. This, I, I try to teach the class psychically, Remote viewing. But on a scientific, um, I don't know, scientific situation, anyone can learn this. You just have to train your brain.
0: Now, I've heard, um, I'm familiar with the military program that you're talking about. It was mm-hmm. called the Stargate program. I think it started in the 70s. Okay. And they continued it uh, for, uh, I think, for almost 10 years. And they had some pretty successful results from it. And it was Mm -hmm. started by a guy named Ingo Swan. He's the one who coined the term remote viewing.
1: Oh, okay. Mm -hmm.
0: And what what you were talking about is uh, that anybody can do it. And he said, it's like having a musical ability. Anybody can play an instrument, but some people can play... At the level of a a concert pianist or Mm -hmm. you know the the you can you can get to a certain level by practicing right you're only able to get to a certain level unless you have an additional gift to reach another level is that true
1: I agree with that yeah okay Mm -hmm. okay
0: so, it, but it is a skill that you can learn and you can practice and get better at. Mm-hmm. And the, the more that you practice it and the more that you experience it, it seems like the more interesting the experiences get.
1: Oh, I have to agree with that because I've used it for so long now that, um, let's see, I have a friend that is a filmographer and a, she makes documentaries and she lives in Rome, Italy. And so what she does is she'll send me a coordinate because a lot of the ruins over there, they don't have an address, okay? So she'll send me the coordinates and she'll say, well, go there and give me your findings. So I go there, let's say for an example, it's a castle and I see this and I hear that and I know that. And then I send her, I type up all of my findings and I send all that to her. And then what she does is she researches that particular castle. And then, everything that I have given her all my information and things that I discovered, she says, "Well, this is this happened, and this is here, and that's what that looks like and and blah blah blah." So then she makes documentaries out of her history and my remote viewing um, abilities, things that I've seen
0: fascinating. so if anybody wanted to to find out more about that, mm-hmm. that particular exchange and to see some of those documentaries that you've been involved in making mm-hmm. can you direct them to a website or uh... Uh,
1: yes it's called a ro- a road re-traveled okay Re-traveled, yeah okay. and you can find those on uh, uh, uh youtube i guess okay. i think she has them about everywhere really but youtube cool
0: yeah that sounds really interesting i think i'll check mm-hmm. that out. as a matter of fact when i was doing my um research and writing up my my notes for, for this conversation. I had the exact same idea to do that um, with some locations that I know quite well. And I oh, just yeah. just to see what kind of information you could glean from these uh-huh. locations. And um, that's an interesting collaboration that you have going on.
1: I really do like that. And I, let's see, i also work with three different paranormal investigative teams one in toronto canada and then one in oklahoma and then one in southern california as well and they ask me to they just give me an address of the home or the building and it's just like boom i'm there and then like uh i do with my friend in italy there for the documentaries I, uh, I, I just go around, and I look for spirits and what's going on and send them my findings, and then they, um, they confirm everything. And if they don't know something, they'll ask, like, uh, like, let's say, if it's a business, they'll ask the owner of the building, and the owner will say, oh, yeah, that's this, that, something else. But what I can do, too, with remote viewing, and I love it. this was cool. Uh, my friend in Italy, her name is Simone, She said, can you go back in time? And I said, I believe so. And so she gave me an Etruscan location. And I went back like 8,000 years ago, and I saw the Etruscans on the shore unloading parcels and packages and whatever crates and boxes from their ship. And that was like totally cool. I didn't know if I could ever go back that far, but eight thousand years, yep, I did, and that was awesome. Wow
0: what, yeah. <laughs> what are the Etruscans? I don't know what that is.
1: Well, it was like the first civilizations there over in uh well the location of of Italy
0: mm, okay The
1: mm-hmm. Etruscan civilization Wow, mm-hmm. they were there like with the Greeks and the Romans and you know all kinds of people way back when. <laughs> But yeah, that, that was interesting. But anytime I go back anywhere, it's 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 incredible to me because I still don't know how I can do it. I don't know how I can go back so far. I don't know how I can meet people and see their situations. And it's very interesting too when a a, a, a client comes to the house and they I have an ability where I can see dead people like we've been talking about, you know, and they'll say, well, you know, how's grandma? And it's like, well, then all of a sudden grandma is taking me on a journey when she was a young child. And it's like, well, this is awesome. I get to see history. Well, 99% firsthand. It's, it's awesome. Mm
0: -hmm. That is awesome.
1: So much from the spirits.
0: Uh, It sounds like an incredible journey uh, from the time you started experiencing these, uh, these abilities. So, okay, with, have you ever tried remote viewing the moon or other planets or other galaxies or anything like that?
1: No, because I don't think I could do that. That's so far away, but I I can never say never. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just haven't. (laughs)
0: Oh well, it has been done.
1: Has it? Okay. Yeah, it, it
0: has been done by um, several people actually. There's a, oh cool. There's a remote viewing company that I have heard of.
1: Well, I'd have to give that a try then. I've never tried it.
0: So, do you need to have the coordinates of a location hidden, or do you need some information about the 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 target itself before mm-hmm. you start the remote?
1: No. Um all of the people that I do work with they know that if they send me a coordinate or an address the nanosecond that I'm finished reading that coordinate or address I'm there. Wow. I don't have to go looking for it or anything else it's just like boom I'm there instantly. So they know that they have to keep the address hidden you know like when they're asking me hey can you go to wherever and, and this address and it's like sure okay and they'll kind of like hide the address from me until they get there to the uh, location and then they'll say okay here's the address and then it's like okay I'm right there next to you oh you got a you're wearing your new black leather coat and they'll say how did you know it was new it's like I can smell the leather <laughs> wow
0: that's amazing yeah. The remote viewing and going to different planets—that's something that's interesting. And and if you ever do decide to try that out, uh-huh. I would love to hear the results.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Of whatever
0: you discover, because All right. <laughs> I know I, I've I've seen, seen things what other people have experienced, and I won't do you know I'll I won't taint your experiences by telling you what other people have found.
1: Okay, sure. And
0: where, but I, I would uh-huh. certainly love to hear what you. Okay if you do something like that.
1: All right, oh, I will let you know you bet.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, so the uh, well, a, a couple of other topics that I cover on this podcast, even though it's cold war centric, I go off into different rabbit holes now and then, and one of the areas that I have a particular interest in is UFOs.:
1: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Have
0: you ever had any experiences or talked with people who've had experiences uh, with UFOs?
1: I, I, you know, I I do, to be perfectly honest, I'm, I'm kind of hesitating here. I don't know if I've had any experience with our celestial beings. I like to think that I have, but only maybe on a spiritual level. I would love to meet them. And, you know, this is going to kind of sound a little strange, but I want to touch their skin. I want to feel what, what their skin is. Isn't that strange? But I have known a couple of people that I can't really reveal their names, but they have had experiences with those out in the celestial stars, and their stories have been very interesting, and I believe that they are very true. They had good experiences, nothing horrible, okay? They've just had a connection like a communication with uh, the star beings and and they had a positive experience they had you know they weren't like abducted and, and tortured or whatever they just were they just were spoken with they they knew um what the beings from outer space were saying to them and it's like wow and they said, uh, both of them said, I don't know why we were chosen. It's like, well, the, you're special. There's something about you. They needed to share the information with you. Now, to follow up on that, I don't have any clue if they shared that information with anyone that's in authority about uh, ufology or you know celestial beings. I, I don't know. That was just basically none of my business where they took that information and if they used it and shared it
0: Mm. so they just shared their experience with you and Mm -hmm. okay that's interesting
1: a little bit of it they didn't tell me everything because they couldn't and it's like you know that's okay but they just needed somebody that would believe them and they weren't scared they just they just, you know, just like everybody, if you got a really cool story to to tell, you want to tell it to somebody that's going to understand and be excited and, you know, support you. And I think that's what I was.
0: <laughs> Do you give people instructions on how to uh, deal with a, a, a like a, an event that might be coming? Like, say, somebody comes to you and they say, "I'm I'm about to have a, a important event in my life," and I want it to go smooth, and they don't tell you what it is. You, you, have, you know, they maybe they want you to tell them what it is and how it's going to play out, and what they uh-huh. can do to make them maximize the the positive uh, outcome of that event.
1: Uh-huh. Um, well, there again, if if someone is going to you know ask me for uh, suggestions. I just listen to their spirit guides because their spirit guides want that particular person to have a pleasant experience or be able to easily, you know, tend to an issue. And so I listen to the spirit guides. They help guide me talk to that person saying, Well, here, you could do this or this, and that will be very helpful. You know, things like that.
0: Have you ever met somebody who doesn't have spirit guides? Not yet okay so <laughs> everybody pretty much has some helpful spirits that are tagging along what about negative spirits do do does everybody have negative spirits that um, are trying I'm to sure they
1: probably do uh-huh. i don't look for them and um, my house is so shielded that when i have a client come in <clears throat> anything that they have that's a negative spirit around them has to stay outside but hmm. just to throw this in i have met many. Many negative spirits when I'm ghost hunting. So
0: yeah, we'll get into that. That's uh-huh, uh, that's a um, that's the Halloween twist that okay. I, I wanted to bring into the, to cool. the episode. So All uh, right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's interesting too. I mean, everything that you do from psychic readings to past life, and the thing is, I've heard of past life regression hypnosis where people go under hypnosis and they go Mm -hmm. back and experience a past life or something. Mm -hmm. I believe there are hypnotic or hypnosis practitioners who can do that effectively. Mm -hmm. I think there's also people that shouldn't partake in that because they don't really know what they're doing and they might be feeding um, or tainting the experience for the person, you know?
1: I agree. Uh, If you want to go, have that done, which is a lot of fun. It's very interesting. Go to a reputable uh, therapist, hypnotherapist, you know, don't go to your neighbor.
0: Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Or somebody who just graduated and has their hypnosis certificate now.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: yeah, Go to somebody who's reputable and has experience and and is trained in regressive hypnosis.
1: Right. Exactly. Because going back uh, into your past life that you're living now, or going back into another Past life and you know the realm of the history of the world. It can be a little shocking because you know you think you're going to be you know queen of England or something like that. You end up being well somebody that's not good. It's it's quite shocking to find out who you were.
0: Yeah, or being at the end of a hangman's noose.
1: Exactly. You know
0: most people wouldn't really want to experience that.
1: Right? No. Gosh.
0: You teach you teach a class and go. We're gonna just jump back to remote viewing for a few Mm -hmm. minutes. Okay, Um, And you teach classes um, so that people can learn how to uh, develop their abilities with remote viewing. So you believe that everybody has a psychic ability, it just has been untapped, or they need practice to learn how to use it?
1: Yes, I truly believe that. I believe every person on the face of this earth has some level of a psychic awareness and psychic abilities. It's just if you've never used it, um, you need need to learn how to train your brain to use it. I'm sure everyone has had some intuition, like they're driving down a road, and you think, oh, I better not turn there. Okay. And you don't, and you get home, and then you turn on the TV, and you find out there was a huge wreck right there 10 seconds after you passed by that particular spot on the road that you were going to turn on. I think everybody's had little twinklings, I call it twinklings, throughout their life. They just knew of something and they heeded those messages and went on.
0: What's the first step if somebody wanted to develop that type of a skill?
1: The psychic or remote view? Either one. Oh, well, okay. Like as I teach my class, I give a little bit of history on remote viewing. And then I set up exercises for us to do where they have to find things, okay? They have like maybe uh, cards in front of them with different symbols, and I tell them to turn the cards upside down and find the triangle. Okay, and then uh, let me see. I think I have six exercises, and one starts out very simple, very simple, and if you don't get it, that's okay. And then we move on to um, more in-depth type of psychic abilities Then I have you kind of like slide right on into remote abilities, where at the end of the class, the finale is I have hidden something. I just usually put it in my kitchen, and it's it's just right in everybody's way. It's not hidden. It's not like in a cupboard. But the people are in my living room, and I tell them, "Okay, I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to get up and walk just um, non-physically." Just use your mind, get up, walk into my kitchen, and find the particular item. So I give them you know, plenty of time to do that. And then um, I always have little journals for them. So I say, okay, open up, you know, come back to the table, open up your eyes, write down what you saw. And I would say a good 98% of them, they saw something in regards to that particular thing. Now what I mean by that, like let's say, Usually, I, I'm, I have this little penguin, this little figurine. Okay, so they see the black and white, or they'll see a bird, or they'll see the coffee pot that's behind the figurine, or they will hear a bird cheeping, or they will see the, what is it, Antarctic that has a, a penguin they will have some type of ability that uh, a vision that they saw in regards to that ceramic penguin that I have sitting on the counter. It's amazing. But like I said, I teach you how to get your psychic abilities started. Then we slide on into a few exercises of remote viewing.
0: Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So, you said something that I really clued into, and that was the journaling aspect of it. How important is the journaling through, for this whole experience?
1: You write down everything. When I'm explaining to my uh, my students, um, I tell them to write down what it feels like. And so I, I kind of force them to really start thinking about everything, every aspect of a remote view journey that is physical, That is, you can smell, you can taste, you can feel yourself walking. What does a floor feel like? You're walking in your mind. Is the floor, is the tile of the kitchen cold? Is the carpet of the living room warm? Just all these questions. And I want everyone to write down everything because a journal helps you see your progress. It helps you see what you are achieving. And then I also tell people, you know, because they'll say, oh, I, I couldn't find anything. I say, well, then go back. Go back. There is no law that says you can only go to a location one time. Sometimes when I'm uh, prompted to find something, I might go back three, four times trying to find it. So do that. If you don't, like uh, for, uh, for an example, to have them go look at, at something in Italy. Go back. If you didn't see it the first time, you might see it the second time.
0: Have you ever used it to foretell the stock market or a lottery or or is that even possible?
1: That's funny. I've had people ask me that before. No, I have to say no when it comes to numbers, anything with numbers and nothing with names. I work with energies, and so that is what I feel, and that's what I see. I've had people say, gosh, we need to take you down the slot machines. You can show me which is going to pay out a million dollars. It's like, sorry, that's money. It it doesn't work with me. I work with energies of people and nature.
0: If somebody had... Their ability, they, they've, maybe they're starting to discover they have some kind of abilities and they were starting mm-hmm. to become aware of certain information that they're being downloaded with um, in some way. Mm-hmm. How could they use that information for the betterment of humanity? What would be the best approach to, to take that information public or to do something positive with that information.
1: Well, the way I feel about it is if you do have information and it's helpful to someone, try and share that information, but don't get discouraged if, you know, somebody said, "I don't believe that." It's okay. You are the messenger. You tried the best that you can. And whoever or whatever is the recipient of that information, if they don't want to use it, then it, it's, it's just what they don't use or they do use. They can say thank you or they can say no, don't believe that. And you have done your job. You, you just can't force anybody to take your information that you've received from wherever. It, it's all up to that recipient.
0: Got it. So you learned at a really young age um, that these kind of abilities are not well received by the majority of people. Oh yeah, a- and that's why
1: I really don't talk about it unless somebody finds out or unless I kind of feel the situation out and it's like, hmm, I wonder if they would believe me if I told them that grandma's around it. you know, things like that. I This just doesn't come up in normal conversation when I meet someone.
0: Okay. So you're remote viewing your psychic abilities. Uh, you've put those both to use in the, the other endeavor that we're going to talk about. And that is ghost hunting. huh. Right. And there's such a big movement in the paranormal, um, I, I guess, community that uh-huh. there's so many ghost hunting television shows and ghost hunting teams right. that are, uh, that are out there now. So I think it's, a lot more uh re- uh positively received now
1: part, i think yeah after what? about 10 12 years um it, it has been i think it's it's i think some of the tv shows has helped bring it forward yes there's still a lot of skeptics out there that just don't want to believe and that's cool
0: oh yeah uh, no doubt again we're going back to the the aspect of people f- have having a fear of the unknown they don't know right. what what these spirits are they don't know their intentions sure and they would rather be just blissfully ignorant about it and not even look look in that direction they just well, like sure. uh for an example have you ever heard of skinwalker ranch
1: yes i have
0: okay so the native americans that live in that area
1: mm-hmm.
0: they will not even look in the direction of the ranch as they're going by there because they believe so uh, completely, that that land is cursed, and if they right. look over there, then they're gonna they're gonna be cursed as well. Uh huh. Sure. And, and it it's it's partially because that is bred into them. That's the their culture, and and that's the way they've grown up. Right. But and it's kind of the same way with people who don't understand the paranormal. They don't want to look over there, and see what's going on because they're so afraid of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Right, I agree. Yeah. So
0: uh, I, I've heard of of psychics that have said that they see the spirits in their death form. Like that. if somebody was hit by a truck, that a spirit mm-hmm. would come to them in, in that mm-hmm. form, you know, all bloodied and mangled. Uh-huh, right. That would be a scary experience for just about anybody.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, have you ever had that kind of a, an experience?
1: No. No, they don't come to me that way. In fact, they come to me like a, a whole person. They I don't need to see their wreckage. I just need to see their soul. Uh, if you want to say it's a soul, it's their energy. And so that's how I see them. I don't see them after they've had a wreck or whatever.
0: Okay. So how long have you been doing, and now, okay, talk about ghost hunting and what is it? Because it's not really what it sounds like, is it? I mean, you're not really going out there and trying to trap ghosts. You're not the Ghostbusters.
1: Well, no. Although that movie's pretty cool.
0: Oh, it's a great movie. Yeah, I agree.
1: (laughs) Actually, you know, paranormal investigations are a lot of fun, but I do want to really stress that ghost hunting okay i'll just use that term is not tv shows actually a lot of ghost hunting is a lot of time spent tedious time boring time you just don't walk into any building any structure any area and there's a thousand ghosts right there going boo and scaring you and no that's not how it is it's a lot of work it's fun work. It's de- You have to be dedicated and devoted because you do get wonderful results if the spirits want to talk to you. All the TV shows are just completely Hollywood. That's it. True ghost hunting, it takes experience. It takes uh, patience. Um, now, the team that I belong to we're called Thin Veil Investigators, and we've been around since 2005. And all of us, we're kind of a unique team because all of us are psychics in some way, shape or form. Now we do use some electronics. We have our cameras and our, our recorders and things like that. But we don't start, we don't show up to a building, you know, with a U-Haul full of all of this surveillance, equipment, blah, you know, all that stuff. We use our abilities to find them and then communicate with them. And that's all we do. We're not out there to make TV shows. We are out there to communicate and find out why Joe Blow is still, you know, that died in 1864, is still in this building. Why are you still here? And that's what we do. We communicate.
0: Do you record any video? of your experiences like to capture evidence
1: we do uh yeah we use our cameras we don't have any like big professional cameras set up in each corner of every room but we have our our just our little nikon cameras for taking pictures our our phones for taking video you know when we do have some other little cameras but we don't use this expensive monumental huge pieces of equipment we don't need it Maybe other team members do, you know, when in, in their investigative uh, groups, but we don't because we have our psychic abilities that let us know where everybody is.
0: And you use a, uh, electronic <coughs> audio recorders for uh-huh. like, to capture EVPs?
1: Oh, yeah, we capture EVPs and we, you know, when our cameras we capture mists, uh, you know, people walking by, orbs, of course. Um, just any kind of, uh, uh, materializations, things like that. Oh well, yeah. We've captured quite a bit. We've got some footage that would, um, well, kind of curl your hair. It's like, what?
0: <laughs> I kind of like oh. having my hair curled. It's pretty oh, okay. <laughs> I kind of like getting my hair curled once in a right. while. Uh, I'm not, I'm not interested in gore. I don't like seeing bloody, you know, gory uh, stuff like that but yeah
1: right the, no there's the, no there's no reason for that you can watch that on tv or a movie
0: right the um the the uh, psychokinetic experiences or the pk experiences or poltergeist i guess is another term for that where where objects move and and things like that and then like you said the the shadows the the orbs the mists the, that kind of stuff is it gives me the chills it's creepy but it's also fun to look at that
1: it is and it's fascinating when it happens right in front of you when you have a spirit that materializes right in front of you that's kind of nerve-wracking but it's like oh my gosh look at you you're cool looking and then um poltergeist well i think my home has a lot of them there's so many things that happen in here it's just um half the time, I probably don't even pay attention to it because I'm so used to it. But I've never experienced a negative, like, possession, if if I don't like to use that word. But I've never had, you know, like my furniture thrown around and, and windows breaking and things like that happening. I, and I hope I never do experience things like that. I have to admit, though, that As mentioned earlier, I have come up with a few negative energies. They're not fun. I've been hurt. I've been scratched. I've been pushed downstairs. Um, I've been choked. Those aren't fun at all. But I know how to handle it if I know what's happening. I will get out of that building as fast as I can go, because all ghost hunting, the spirit world. It's just not all fun and games. There are energies out there that are negative, even all the way up to being evil. And I just won't handle those kind of situations. I will leave. And as a piece of advice, if anybody wants to be a paranormal investigative uh, investigator, I should say, if you go into a place and you don't feel good, get out.
0: And you don't even have to be a paranormal investigator to heed that advice.
1: Mm-mm. Oh no, I'm sure everybody's gone somewhere, and it's like, ooh, I don't like it here. Well, then get out. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, my wife had a um, my wife and I were uh, house hunting, not ghost hunting, house hunting. Uh huh. About 15 years ago, maybe, and we were looking at some some nice houses. We were going to upgrade from this house. And it was, yeah, I think it was around 2005. And we went into this one house and she had this really negative feeling about that house. She didn't say anything until we left. And after we left, she told me how how negative she felt about that house. And it was a great deal. I mean, we would have got a smoking deal if we had bought that house, but we decided not to do it because of her that intuition that she had
1: oh good for her yeah good for her that she felt that yeah because i think like like let's just change that scenario if she wouldn't have said anything and you moved in you would have had nothing but lots of problems these spirits like that they can affect your characteristics your demeanor your moods maybe both of you would have gotten sick a lot maybe all the appliances would just continuously break.
0: But what you're saying is correct. I mean, back in 2005, if we had bought that, so first of all, three years later was the stock market crash of 2008.
1: Oh, sure. And sure, we probably
0: yeah. would have not been able to hang on to that house because right. the, we would have been so much more leveraged with our mm-hmm. finances.
1: Right, sure. Mm-hmm. We probably
0: would have lost the house anyway. Yeah. So staying here was the right move by far.
1: Right. Well, your wife, I'm glad that she had that, that uh, intuition about yeah. that. That's cool.
0: But going back to the, the ghost hunting and our paranormal investigation, um, you, you couldn't have said it more clearly that if you don't feel good about a place, just stay away, just walk away.
1: Right.
0: So being that this is the Dead Hand Radio Halloween special, I'm hoping that you have one or two or maybe more scary or spooky ghost stories that you could share with me.
1: Oh, (laughs) well, I might have one or two. Okay. (laughs) I think one, let me see, that'll scare people. Okay, here in Carson City, there is a little strip mall and it was built in, I think, 1952 and it's all cinder blocks and then i believe in the late 1960s there was a warehouse that was built right behind it so there's this um oh i would say it's probably about a 6 foot like breezeway in between the back doors of the stores there's like i think six or seven stores in this little mini mall thing uh and they all the back doors all go into like this breezeway and then there's big doors of course that go into their warehouses so they can keep the stores can keep their stock back there well there was this one little alcove type of i don't know little tiny room and at one time there was a metaphysical store that i was giving readings in and i kept hearing somebody tapping on the back door and nobody else could hear it but me and so i asked the 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 owner of the building there i said what's behind there because i'd never gone out into the into that breezeway i think it was more of a firewall type of breezeway and he said oh well go back there and look he said i'm really not sure what's back there i never go back there it's just all full of junk okay fine so I go back in there and there's this like, this is where I found this little alcohol, little closet thing and it had metal doors and that's what I was hearing. And so I just opened it up just a little bit because I was curious and it was like, oh my God, close the door. Well, I got out of there real quick. <clears throat> so uh, a couple of days later, I told my investigative team, I said, there's something back there We have got to go investigate. And so the owner of the building said, okay, well, one of the managers of the metaphysical store knew I could hear and see, you know, people that have crossed over. And so he agreed to stay there that night so we could use the restroom and and go in and get drinks of water if we had food or something for breaks. And so he he, he decided to stay there at night with us. And so we we went on our merry way. We started investigating the stores and, and going into that breezeway. And all of a sudden, I got this big hand around my throat. I was slammed up into a wall, which I don't want to sound dramatic. I was only pushed into the wall, maybe 12 inches. You know, I was almost next to the wall. And it was choking me and my other team members are saying, oh my God, what do we do? What do we do? It's like, I don't know. And they took pictures of me and there's a picture of me, uh, especially that you could see my head, you know, all the way pulled back against the wall. You can't see the entity that grabbed a hold of me, but the person the man that was uh, that stayed behind to help us out that we could uh, go back into the metaphysical store, he had a sense that that something horrible had a hold of me. And so he grabbed a hold of one arm and he tried to pull me out of the breezeway into the metaphysical store. And for about five seconds, I was toggling back and forth because he had my right arm, the entity had let go of my throat but had a hold of my left arm and was trying to pull me back out into this breezeway. Well, finally, the man from the metaphysical store just, I mean, just pulled me in. And I mean, I, when he pulled me in, of course, I like ended up on my knees on the floor. But I got away from that entity. And the other team members are just standing there going, what is going on? And I said, I can't go back out there again. But so, fast forward, the entity when I would go give readings in that store, you know, later on as as the days progressed, I kept hearing the tapping, but then it just eventually went away. And so I got curious. And this was, uh, let's say, six months later, I got curious and I went and I looked in that, like that closet, little alcove, and that entity wasn't there anymore. So that was. Interesting. That was very interesting. Now, our, well, my second story.
0: Wait, wait. Can I ask you some questions about that one?
1: Oh, sure, 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 sure. God,
0: because what a story, man. That is.
1: (laughs) Oh, it was scary.
0: I I didn't want to interrupt you while you're telling the story because I was visualizing everything that you were talking about.
1: It was horrible.
0: (laughs) But uh, when, okay, so when you first discovered that little alcove in the little closet where the entity was hiding or, or, you know, where it was staying or whatever. And you, you open that door and then you realize that there was something in there and you, you left real quick. What did you feel or what did you experience at that moment?
1: Oh, that I knew it just wasn't a dead person. This was a very negative, maybe inner earth kind of, of energy that was in there. It was, it was, gosh, would it be a good word? rotten. It was rotten.
0: And so it it stayed there for uh, a little while, and it was trying to get your attention. Obviously, probably had some kind of a connection to you or where it sensed you were Mm -hmm. sensitive and it was trying Mm -hmm. to get your attention. Right. And which drew you back there to it. Um, Mm -hmm. And then... Do you think because you ignored it for so long that it just decided to go away?
1: I'm going to have to say yes with that because I did ignore it. I wouldn't acknowledge it. And like with all spirits and all entities, many, I can't say all, but many will move on to where maybe they can go, I don't know, attack someone else someplace else.
0: Now, why do you think it singled you out? Out of because your whole team is uh, has psychic abilities, but right. why do you think it singled you out?
1: Probably because I discovered it, you know, like a month before, and so we made like that connection, <laughs> like kind of the story, like uh, when a vampire wants to come in your house, it can't until you invite it in. Right.
0: Okay. So you gave it permission.
1: Yeah, uh, just by going out and and being curious about where that tapping was coming from, I think me opening just the door, just a crack, that gave it the permission to uh, have some kind of connection with me. Then,
0: so you you somewhat identified what the entity possibly could be or could have been. Have you done? A lot of research and studying to learn about different lore and mythology. To to you know the, that these entities are, or is this just something that you've discovered through your intuitive abilities, your, your psychic? I
1: would knowledge? have to say both, because I have researched. Um, I believe, well, I just believe in a lot of things. And I did happen to take a picture down the hallway. And I've, I, I captured something, and the only way I can describe it, it just looks like a big huge wolf. And I don't know if it's a wolf, but in the picture, it envisioned itself as a wolf, but something very, like, out of a horror story a vision of what a wolf would look like. Now, I can't, I can't say it was. I think it just materialized for that picture to let me know, hey, here I am. Yeah, it was, that was scary. That was creepy. That, I did not like that at all. That scared me. And I don't
0: scare easy. So, but obviously it didn't scare you enough to stop uh, doing the paranormal investigation.
1: Oh, yeah. But I think that's where my intuition comes in. Because I'll feel, you know, that there's a negative energy and it would just be stupid for me to go on into that particular building and, and maybe get hurt.
0: How, how long into your, uh, paranormal investigation, um, journey were you at that point? I, I, since you started the company that from 2005
1: on. Oh, oh, I think, let me see. Um. Gosh, I think it was probably about 2006, 7. Oh,
0: so right after.
1: Yeah, it I can't yeah. I'd have to go back in my notes for you know the exact date.
0: So do you still keep journals of everything that you do?
1: Oh goodness sakes, yes. I have got binders and files and notebooks. Oh gosh. I need my own library.
0: <laughs> I well, you're you're writing uh, um a number of books. So you you're probably building up your own library, right?
1: I am. Yeah. The
0: process yeah. of it anyway. <laughs> okay, so story number two. Did you want to? Oh, story number two. Continue?
1: This is this is cool. Okay. Um,
0: I'm, I'm enjoying this.
1: There is a very old hotel here in town. It's called St. Charles Hotel. And it was built in 1864. And it has been a hotel since then. It's never closed its doors of being some type of hotel. Okay, our team would give uh, tours of this hotel for, oh gosh, I don't know how long we did that, 10 years, let's say, I don't remember. And um, and so in the interim, I have a TV show, and it's called Psychic Creations. And so my producer, I told him, I said, we're going to give a tour. How about us making a TV show, uh, you know, an episode? Out of the tour, he says, Oh, that'd be really cool. Okay, now my producer, he had an accident earlier in life where he has to wear an oxygen tank. Okay, and so, and that's okay, you know, it, it's really cool. He just carries everything around with him, but that's an important part of the story. So we were uh, giving the tour. First, we would do, give the history of the building, and then we'd have people go out throughout the different rooms and look for ghosts. Okay, fine. So we're up on the third floor where there is most uh, of the activity going on. And there was one room that was empty. And now you have to get in mind, um, if you can see in your mind, a hotel that's kind of was not in the best looking, wasn't the best type of hotel that top floor because they were starting to refurbish the old old rooms okay so it looked a little bit ratty up there that's a good word looked a little bit ratty so we were walking around and a friend of mine uh that is a very good psychic she and my producer walked into this one room uh that was numbered 309 and all of a sudden they were just getting ready to walk out and I heard this huge slap. And I heard my producer say, oh, oh. And my friend, which was right in front of him, said, what happened? What happened? Well, about that time, I'm in the room. And he said, I just got hit. And we helped him out of the room. And his glasses, he had to, he had to wear glasses, they were knocked off his face. They were all askew. And one of the arms of the glasses was bent. And I said, oh, my gosh. What happened was there was a young spirit in there, in this room, I would say maybe anywhere from maybe 15, 16 years old. And what he did, he was just very mischievous. I think he was trying to get my my producer's name was Michael. And I think what he was trying to do is be mischievous and mean. And he hit Michael so hard, it knocked his glasses off, which had the tubes for his oxygen. And I think he went after, the entity went after his life force. So we're out in the hallway and there was a a couple of guests and they came running up uh, to where the location of this room was. And I said, take care of Michael. I've got something to do. I went back into that room and I saw this young boy. And boy, did I let him have it. I told this entity, don't you ever touch anyone ever again, especially us. Oh, my gosh, did he start pouting? And he, I think, was ready to maybe smack me. And I just said, okay. Give it a try to see what I can do to you. And so he backed away and I still let him have it where he ran out of the room and he literally went through my friend that had saw and heard uh, Michael getting hit. And then there was another guest that was there and he said, oh my God, that entity just went through me as well. And so we were all standing around there. Well, I had to hurry up and and get um, Michael's glasses fixed because he could only be without oxygen for four minutes before he started going a little loopy. And so, but the cool thing about this is Michael had the camera going all the time this happened.
0: Good, good producer.
1: Yes, and we've got the footage of everything that happened. Now, we don't have the footage of, of course, the entity hitting him because, of course, he had the camera looking outwards from his face. But we've got, we've just got all the audio footage. We've got people saying, oh my gosh. We've got my friend and the guest saying, oh my god, he just went through me. And you can hear me in the background yelling at the the entity to never do this. was cool
0: that sounds exciting a little bit a little bit creepy
1: Uh uh-huh but in the same hotel there was a man that lived actually lived in the hotel for about 10 years and his name was phil we called him mean phil and he did not like me at all oh my gosh he just did not like me at all so walking down the stairs He decided to push me, and he did. And it's a good thing that the wall, it was a a staircase that you went down, I think like eight stairs, turned a corner, went down another eight or 10 stairs to the other level. And he pushed me into the wall. And it's a good thing that wall was there, because if not, I could have gotten very, very hurt. Yeah. And the really cool thing about that was uh, one of my teammates and also the caretaker for the hotel saw this so they can vouch for me <laughs> that this actually happened wow. so that was kind of scary so i actually when i go downstairs even if i'm not investigating i take one stair at a time like a real old person <laughs> I won't walk downstairs like normal people. I go one at a time.
0: Well, when you have entities attacking you like that, that's that's pretty dangerous walking up and down stairs.
1: Oh, it is. It is. And so um, it's like, wow. So those are my two stories. I've had some really cool things happen too. But um, again, this is a Halloween one, those are my stories and I'm sticking to them.
0: Those are great <laughs> stories that... <laughs> um, I'm glad Mike was okay. I'm glad he he didn't suffer permanent damage or, you know, have worse injuries than getting his glasses knocked off.
1: Yeah, because it could have. I hurried up and I fixed his glasses as well as I could. So, you know, the next day he could go get them fixed, but um, that's scary and they will do that. And boy, that teenage uh, boy, I let him have it. I refuse to let any spirit or entity hurt anyone that's around me if they feel the need hurt me because i can deal with it which which i have i've been scratched and you know things like that but boy when they hurt a guest or one of my team members or like with michael my producer i let those spirits have it
0: Mm -hmm. that's interesting i yeah so i want to get into how to deal with those kind of beings but i also really want to hear the story about your painting your haunted painting go ahead and and just tell me recap the story that you gave me via email oh how how you first came in contact with it
1: okay well it's a long story so if you could kind of bear with me because um there's more to it than what i sent you that was a very brief account and then there's kind of a follow-up story of what happened when it was here at the house so i'll just I'll just start talking, and when I'm done, I'll let you know when I'm done. (laughs) Go for it. All right. Well, in 2005, our paranormal investigative team was asked to go on a ghost hunt at a historical hotel here in Carson City, and it's called the St. Charles Hotel. It was built in 1864 and has actually has the distinct honor of being a hotel that has never closed its doors, so that's pretty cool. Okay. Well, after the invest or at the investigation, hung on a wall in a very long hallway was a painting that just really wasn't very appealing. Um, Let me see. I measured it. It's thirty inches by twenty inches, and it's uh, ugly, and it has a it had a chipped like filigree frame. And then imagine, if you will, the painting being of a dark green, black green forested mountains in the background with the gray-looking river in the forefront, with the pebbly and sandy shore on the bottom right of the uh, portrait, and a couple of pine trees on the bottom left. And the colors are real dark. There's absolutely nothing happy-looking about this painting. And also, there's no signature or date or any defining marks anywhere on the front or on the back of the canvas to announce who the artist was. Well, when I first saw it, hanging there on the hall. I knew something was sinister in it. I could physically see like a black ribbon kind of entity weaving in and out of the trees. It was really weird. Well, we conducted our investigation and then went on our merry way. Well, a few days later, the caretaker called and said, you know, that painting is gone and we can't find it anywhere she wasn't accusing me cuz you know we're friends but she just wanted to let me know that it disappeared it's like well that's weird okay well then fast forward about 5 years and the same caretaker she calls me saying you know you need to come to the hotel i went uh-oh okay so when i arrive she tells me that there's a surprise in this conference room that she wanted me to see now the con- conference room is like narrow very narrow small room and it just kind of just kind of like housed extra furniture a junk room really but it did have a large window looking out into the hallway and the only person who had the keys in the conference room was a caretaker well that morning um, she was walking down the hallway past that room and she noticed something different like a painting that hadn't been there the previous day So she unlocked the door, turned the light on, and there was the ugly forest painting sitting on the floor on its side, leaning against an old dresser, and the uh, frame was off of it. Well, we were pretty baffled, Um, and the painting was just left there then in all the other jumble. Well, fast forward a few months, there was a man by the name of John who was a permanent resident of the hotel. And he decided to clean up the conference slash junk room so it could be used as a lounge and he decided to hang the painting on the wall and when he did he felt something was really wrong with it and he called me asking what that feeling was all about well i told him there's a negative spirit inside and then i told him i said you know i'll come to the hotel and i'll conduct a ritual to bind the spirit to the painting which means that the entity could never leave the portrait or couldn't harm any human. Okay, that's what I intended. Well, a couple months later, John called me again, telling me that he uh, was moving the painting and it burned him. And to get over to the hotel ASAP. Okay, so when I arrived, John showed me what happened. He was, well, had been wearing a silver bracelet And each of the links were quite large and flat, okay? Now, on his skin were burn marks of each of the links. They weren't horrific burns, but looked like a bad uh, sunburn. But you could distinctly see each of the links kind of burned into his skin. So once again, I bound that spirit with a more severe type of ritual. And then John said that I could have the painting and the caretaker said, okay. And I said, only if it stays here, I refuse to bring it home. So they moved the, with my help, they moved the painting into a small little tiny room. They, they made like a museum, at, which was actually right next to the conference room. Well, we Veilers for many years usually gave three haunted tours uh, each year. And now the painting that was now hanging in the museum became a huge hit at the tours as we encouraged guests to touch it and then let us know how they felt or what they were feeling. Um, Many people felt the portrait to be quite warm or even cold to the touch. Uh, They would instantly feel nauseous, become dizzy or a headache would just literally grab them. Oh, they just, they'd put their hands to their heads. And then many didn't feel anything. Some couldn't, but some couldn't even walk into the small museum room as they felt frightened or sick to their stomach. It was just interesting the different responses. So, once again, fast forward to late 2018. There were extensive renovations going on at the hotel, and the caretaker suggested that it would be best if I took that painting home so nothing would happen to it. You wouldn't get thrown out or get uh, hurt or torn. Well, I kind of dreaded that idea, but I did want to save the portrait. So I arrived at the hotel. I put that painting in a large black leaf bag and then into a box that once held my box fan. Then I put that into the trunk of my car, telling the entity, don't you dare do anything stupid while I'm driving home. (laughs) Well, I live about two miles from the hotel and, oh boy, I drove carefully, I drove slowly, but a few blocks from the hotel, wouldn't you know, a large service truck didn't stop at a stop sign, turned right in front of me and I nearly hit it. But it was a good thing I was driving slow. And then I continued home driving slow while cussing that painting out all the rest of the way. I have two sheds. Uh, better on the east side of my home and in one of them is where I put the painting and as mentioned I did not want to put that portrait inside my house but I thought being in the shed would be okay at least I was hoping (laughs) well my daughter moved back in with me for a while while she was reaching her degree at University of Reno and then after she graduated she found an apartment to move into now all of her belongings we're in boxes in that one shed where the painting was. And then I have another shed and it was filled with all, it's filled with all kinds of holiday decorations, boxes and bins and stuff. Well, a little while later, um, there was just a, a handful of boxes left in, the, in that one shed where my daughter had moved her things out. And for some reason, I had to go into the shed. And I noticed that the painting was gone and I freaked. I became very fearful for my daughter and I immediately called her and asked her if it was accidentally taken to her apartment, you know, in the move, well she didn't have it and like she said I wouldn't have that evil thing near me anyway. Well, I then went on a mission to find the painting, because even though I knew how to take care of it and handle it, I still didn't trust it with anyone else I. I was, I was fretful. I, I couldn't find that painting anywhere. But about a week later, you know, it was really weird. About a week later, I could hear that painting calling me. Now, I there's no way in the world I can describe to you what I mean by it was calling me. I could just sense it was calling me. So once again, I went to the shed, moved things around with the boxes that were left, still nothing. And I had an idea about looking in the other shed, but then I thought that was stupid. I did not put that painting in the, shed, in the second shed when I brought it home. Well, so, but I began to move all those boxes around and the second shed, just for the heck of it. And on one side, there were three large boxes and they were quite heavy because of the contents within. These boxes were shoved real tight up against the wall. And I'll be darned, I moved the two top boxes and was shocked to see the painting. How it wedged itself behind those three heavy boxes, I, to this day, I will still never know. It was incredible to see this painting had moved itself once again, but I was very, very happy to have found it. Even just as a safety factor, I was relieved to find it. Um, and now <laughs> to be honest, I know this sounds a little crazy, I guess, but to be honest, now at least once a week, I go out into the sheds to make sure it's still there. And
0: oh, I don't play. I, it
1: oh, I yeah, just to make sure. But you know, I don't really believe that the painting knew that it might actually be taken away when my daughter's, you know had all of her items moved out of that shed. so it saved itself. You know, it it disappeared at the hallway in the hallway, well at the hotel all those years ago. Why not again this time? So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's another incredible story, and Isn't I. Isn't that a, amazing? Ah, uh, yeah, I have a thousand questions for. The, <laughs> okay. Uh, and as you were talking, I had to write some down because I didn't want to interrupt your the telling of the oh
1: shit sure. the events,
0: but <laughs> okay. So let's go back to the very beginning when you first encountered the painting during mm-hmm. the, the initial investigation of that hotel.: Uh-huh uh, the, the events that you were investigating, what was the reason you guys were there investigating the hotel?
1: Well, because it's a very historic hotel here in town, and it is very haunted. Okay. And when we went in there, you know, we were expecting to meet Mark Twain or, you know, somebody from the 1800s. No, the spirits that came through were people that had uh, crossed over there in, um, oh, like the early 2000s and the late 1990s. It was it was cool. Hmm.
0: Were, were any of the activities associated with the entity that was in the plant painting the activities of the hotel that you were investigating that were going on there
1: you know i don't believe so i think that the activity and the spirits that we met that day they were doing their own thing like there was a now now this hotel never never allowed prostitutes to come in but right down the street is where the red light district was and i met a a prostitute in the hotel uh, you know a a spirit and she had on a dirty yellow dress and she was angry oh my gosh she was angry and i said why are you so mad and she said because my my client killed me before he paid me (laughs) oh my god So that's the kind of activity, and to answer your question, um, I don't think that the entity in the painting really had much to do, if anything, to do with, you know, the uh, the activities of of other uh, spirits that were going on in the hotel.
0: Okay, right. Yeah. Uh, So I'd like to talk a little bit about the entity itself. Now, Mm -hmm. you you said you think it was a demon slash inner earth being. Right. Can you... Can you explain a little bit about why you think that this is what it is?
1: Well, I have a tough time with the word demon. That's just kind of been overused, you know, but um, I do. Well, I have met some inner earth beings. They're nasty. They're mean. They're ornery. They can harm people. I, I really don't know how to describe it. They're not. Uh, like a person, okay? Like a, a spirit that walks around and stuff. To me anyway, they're not like a person. They're like an essence or an energy that's evil. And when I first saw that painting, I could tell something was wrong. Something was sinister about it. But then when I looked at it, now not my my physical vision, but my psychic eye saw this like black ribbon thing moving around in it like a snake and then when i could see that i knew that this uh, painting there was something desperately wrong with it
0: okay okay that's uh god so intriguing like i I will i really want to hear more about these inner earth creatures or beings Mm -hmm. or whatever right but but uh how, how could something like that become trapped inside of a painting?
1: Well, um, that's a good question because um, it could be maybe the artist itself, himself, herself was maybe a very negative person. And while they were painting this picture, it attached itself to the paint, to the canvas. It really is a dark picture. Like I was saying in my narration about it, there's nothing good looking about this picture at all. I would never, ever wanted in, well, even if I had a historical hotel, I would never want this there. And actually nobody even knew where it came from. It just appeared one day, many years before uh, our team went into the hotel to, um, you know, to investigate. So um, there could have been something in the hotel, you know, a negative not necessarily in the hotel, but a negative outside somewhere that uh, jumped itself into the painting. Like mentioned, it could have been the artist. It could have been the person that um, made the frame itself, you know, put the wood together and put the canvas onto the wood. There's a number of ways that different spirits and entities like this can attach themselves to a particular object.
0: Okay. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Okay, yeah, that's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, So it could have been done possibly intentionally by the creator of the painting. It even be. right, mm-hmm. okay,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: Um. Has yeah? Now you say you you saw you you only witnessed the entity through your psychic eye,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right. uh, so it's not visible to the to the normal human eye. No. But ha, has anybody else experienced this? The 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 visualization of that entity.
1: Not that I'm aware of. Nobody's ever told me. Even my team members. But they can feel it. You know, like I mentioned, some people will feel it be very warm, not hot, but very, very warm. And some people that will touch it, it's been cold. And I myself have touched it throughout all of these years at different times. And I felt it being warm. I've felt it being cold. I've gotten nauseous. I've gotten dizzy. There were times even when uh, we were giving a tour that I couldn't walk into the little museum room. Because it made me sick.
0: Being that there is a quote-unquote evil entity uh, entrapped inside this painting and mm-hmm. bound to it, or or what was what was the uh, term that you used? Um,
1: oh, it's bound. Uh huh.
0: Okay, so yeah, because yeah, you bound you bound it uh, on several occasions. Just yeah, twice. Sure that I had to get do up. it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, twice. (laughs) What
0: happens if that painting is ever destroyed?
1: You know what? I don't know. Um, I told my daughter that if there's anything that ever happens to me, take it out in the middle of Nevada and burn it. And the second that you light a match, run away. And I know that sounds very dramatic, but I think that is the only way that whatever is in that painting will leave the painting. And if that entity that's in there goes back into the earth, well, then I hopefully it'll stay there.
0: A uh, thought just crossed my mind. Wouldn't it be safer maybe just to bury that thing out in the desert somewhere as opposed to burning it?
1: Yes, it, that could be. But that's just what I sense. Burning uh, fire is very cleansing. And fire gets rid of a lot more things than burying something
0: got it mm-hmm. yeah and if even if the fire released the entity it could go back into where it came from originally
1: sure uh, that yeah that's something that i i can't say no to
0: yeah and mm-hmm. whereas then this is all speculation but hey man it's oh sure fun to speculate right
1: mm-hmm. oh yeah 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 i can't say this is a hundred percent gospel i have no clue this is just something that I feel, that I sense, that it was would be best to just burn it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, can you can you go into a little more detail about the inner earth beings and where where they come from and why why is the term inner earth being attached to them?
1: Well, let's see. Um, I really don't have much. Knowledge about these. But in my opinion, I just feel that there's a lot of negativity in the world, in the earth, you know, Mother Earth, outside, you know, in the universe, and that there are things that can travel underground, that have, that have, and can, and probably will live underground. I really don't know what they are. I don't know if they're just energies or if they're reptiles, or if they're water, or I I just really don't know. But I have experienced, that's just the term I use, inner, inner earth entities, they're just not very, well, they're just not very nice as what we ran into here. And they live, well, I guess they live or they exist underground. And one thing that I would like to say is the Tommyknockers that used to be in the mines are probably still in the mines, that the miners from, from Cornwall, especially, they brought that legend over here when they worked the mines, like, for example, up in Virginia City, and they would take food and water and stuff to appease those Tommyknockers so they would not harm now, I really like that, that word, Tommyknockers. And so I feel that anybody, anything that is living underground, that is negative. Well, they might have the, the term Tommyknockers put onto it. I know that that might not be the best terminology for these. But <clears throat> to describe them, I, I don't think I could, Andy. They're just things that I've seen things that I've experienced. One entity I ran into many years ago, he, well, for for an example, he looked like a distorted wolf, okay? And then with me seeing like that black ribbon going through the uh, trees and and the the shore on that, my haunted painting, I really can't describe what they look like. I think they're an essence and they can change into whatever they need to change into.
0: Could could these uh, type of entities be related to the Native American myth uh, known as the skinwalker?
1: I can't say no to that. They could be like a shape shifter like the skinwalkers. I just, like like I said, I just call them inner earth entities because that's where I feel that they came from. You know, they didn't come from my next door neighbor (laughs) or or anything like that. They feel to me quite, gosh, what would be a good word? Heavy, like the dirt around them, the pressure around them. You know, like when you go into, uh, like the ocean, the further down you go, the, the pressure. Okay, that's what I feel them as is that the deeper they go into the earth they feel heavy they feel like a heavy pressure to me i know it's it's i can't really describe it to where well that that anybody would really understand this is all just how i feel and sense them
0: how do you not spend 24 hours a day researching and trying to find out what these things are because i've never even experienced it and i'm like super fixated on what these things are
1: oh yeah oh i've done some research but well not to sound mean i am not interested because i can't be interested and what i mean by that is when i do research like for a book okay i do historic research and write historic books. Well, those people that I'm researching are right here with me, helping me. We find incredible information from the most obscure sources. And I know darn well, it's the entities uh, that we're researching. I shouldn't say entities, the spirits that we're researching, helping us to research. So that's the point that I I want to make with, that I uh, don't, and I can't research these inner earth beings because it's like i summon them to me and that's the last thing on earth i want to have around me are those particular entities
0: yeah that's understandable i mean Mm -hmm. from the last experience that you shared where the entity grabbed you by the throat and Mm -hmm. was pushing you against the wall if they can manifest you know a a force that that strong uh there there is some physical danger to uh, encountering these things and i would i would oh, not sure. recommend anybody try to actually summon these things that would be no a little irresponsible at the least
1: no they're they're uh they're dangerous they're mean they're hurtful and even though i don't get scared a lot they scare me because i don't know what they can do
0: so we'll leave We'll leave that story at that and move on because that's a little bit heavy, So, uh, but it's interesting. When you do uh, readings for people, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's through your website or or in person, do you do many Mm -hmm. readings in person?
1: Oh, yes. I have people just come over to the house here, yeah.
0: Okay. And you use the stones. You said there's 117 stones.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Okay, I have 117 stones and I do have a couple of shells and a manzanita stick and a feather. I just want to make sure I have all the elements. And I have programmed them to mean something. Now, like, um, oh, let's say for an example, one of my stones, it means high finances. Okay, now when a client will choose that, I use the meaning of it. Uh, its meaning, you know, of high finances. I use that just as a guide, and then I listen to the universe's information that they're giving me, and I can tell the person. Like for an example, um, I see that you're going to be getting a raise, and it's not like a five cent raise uh, because you're going to be going into a different annex, and so you're going to get paid for more responsibility. You know, something like that, or. Also, I can also say, you know, you, your kids need new shoes and it would be best that you don't sit down there at the MGM or the Nugget and, you know, and piss away your paycheck. <laughs> you know, those, your family needs that. So, I mean, I, I say things d- with diplomacy and tact, of course, but so I'm just using those two as an example. Um that it could be you know uh, telling someone i'm I'm foretelling the future or I'm also you know on the other side of the spectrum, giving them perhaps hopefully some advice.
0: The person wanting the viewing uh, will will choose the stones and then you look at the stones that they've chosen, and for each stone that they've chosen or as a collective, you give them a your interpretation of of what's going to happen what's coming in in the Mm -hmm. future Mm -hmm. okay Okay.
1: yeah what i have is like uh, for an example i have people choose nine stones or whatever for a full reading and then sitting in front of them is a little mat little felt mat and i watch how they put the stones down stone placement helps give me information about them too
0: so future seeing uh if we could talk a little bit about that because that's kind of what you do with your stones for uh, the people you do your viewings for. Uh, But have you ever had like, whether you expected it or did it intentionally have a precognitive vision or uh, I guess that could also be called a, a premonition that you later found out to become true.
1: Oh yeah. I have visions all the time. Um, about everything, not just like my own life, which is ironic because I, I, I really see my own future. I see things uh, for other people, but I have to really like, oh my God, strain and strain to try and see something in my own future. But mm. What I have is, um, I've explained this to other people that often on my left side, okay, your left side, your psychic side, okay, your right side is your just your human side, But off to my left side, I have what I call a psychic TV, and it is going 24-7, and it's 20 seconds in the future. And everything that I see, 20 seconds later, it happens. And that's enough to drive me crazy sometimes. Sometimes I have to ignore it because there's just so much going on. Now, I don't see... Everything in the world. It just significant things, you know, that are going on.
0: Can you give me any any examples that would be well known? um, Maybe that, that you've seen.
1: Um. Oh, gosh, I, I, I see so much that most of the time, I can't say that it's a world type of thing. You know, I can't see what's happening over in England or Iraq or Peru or, you know, things like that. It's mostly about what's going on maybe in Carson City and what's going on maybe in my home. Like for instance, I could be sitting here talking with you and all of a sudden there's my TV and it shows me somebody knocking at the door, okay. Well, I'm in my den, so I can't see my front door um, even if it's like in the summertime or even now if it's open, I can't see somebody walking up the, the sidewalk to come to the door. And so all of a sudden, 20 seconds later, knock, knock, knock. And it's like, okay, I'm just gonna ignore you or whatever because I know who's there. (laughs) so that's how i see things i can't say it's really on a world you know global focus yeah but i'm thinking because the world is in such a crappy place right now with the covid with the politics with just everything that's going on that i'm seeing everything that's going on and when it comes to politics it's like oh my god Mm. get out of my face there's just too much
0: so i try and ignore do you think that could be because the country is in such a turmoil that you're Mm -hmm. kind of receiving the energy from the the living people as well as spirits okay Mm
1: -hmm. yeah i think so too and i'm thinking that now i have talked with a lot of people like since february march and a lot of people even those that don't really believe in spirits and ghosts that much they're even saying that they're having a lot of activity and i keep telling them that's because the 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 spirits are feeling all of the stress the fear the tension the anger the everything else that is so prevalent in the air nowadays that the spirits are feeling it and they're becoming active wow because this world is just in a a bad place and, and nobody's happy you know people are sick people are dying people are unemployed people are stressed they're worried they're fearful and the spirits are feeling that and they're just they're getting stressed and fearful and wondering Hmm, what's
0: going on that's an interesting perspective on it i hadn't thought about that
1: one yeah oh yeah just and like i said i've got some friends that you know live in europe and stuff like that and even they've said oh my gosh the people Yeah. In reference to spirit, that's like, oh, my gosh, my house has never been that active. And it's like, yeah, well, that's because they're all upset, too, on the other side.
0: Have you ever had anything like that significant that has later on come true?
1: Yes. Yeah. I've seen horrendous um, events happen. Now, I can remember when 9-11 happened um, living here in Carson City, and I remember waking up thinking that I heard a huge explosion. And I was married at the time, and my husband he had to get up like at five in the in the morning to to go to work. And I I remember just waking up thinking, well, I said out loud, "Wow, that was a huge explosion." And he said, "I never heard anything." Well, then a little while later, he turned the TV on, and then we found out what happened. So as far as huge global events like that, I I have to say only once in a while do I see things like that. It's mostly that I sense something is going to happen, or I I hear something like the explosion, you know, before it happened. um, If things like that. It's only on a rare occasion that I ever uh, psychically see um, a global or a national or or something in our country, something that happens. I feel, I can feel that something is wrong, but then I won't know it until after it's happened. And then it's like, oh, that's what I was feeling because then the feeling goes away.
0: And, okay, so... I've got so many things I want to talk to you about, <laughs> but I, I know you're, you're, we're getting short on time and I want to spend a good chunk of time on two more, two more pieces okay. real quick. So number one is remote influencing. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I want to talk about, maybe we could combine these into two, to one, mm-hmm. but developing the gift. Okay. Okay. So first of all, remote influencing. So there are, mm-hmm. I have read that there are people who can use their psychic powers to influence things that happen in the world.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: And f- for an example, one of the remote viewers from that military program that I I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. was tasked. <laughs> sounds crazy. Yeah, okay. But we're, we're already <laughs> in the realm of. Weird and crazy, I think. Oh, yeah, okay, we're
1: good.
0: (laughs) So, bringing this to the table is not (laughs) you know, is totally in line with what we're talking about now. This guy (laughs) was tasked by the military Mm -hmm. to remote influence Gorbachev, okay, to abandon communism.
1: I'll be darned, okay.
0: And what was the result? What was the result of in 1990 91? Actually, starting in 89, when they um, uh, got rid of the Berlin Wall.
1: Right, right. They did. Uh-huh.
0: And then into the 90s, the early 90s, there was a coup against Gorbachev because he was taking the, the country of the Soviet Union in a direction that was completely against what the Soviets wanted okay the power structure in the soviet union was completely against what gorbachev wanted to do he Mm -hmm. basically wanted to democratize the soviet union and let all the satellite states become sovereign countries again okay was that because he was he was raised in an environment that made him want to uh um reform his country or was it because we had one of the most powerful psychics on the planet remote influencing him to make those decisions
1: oh wow
0: fascinating are you that are you familiar with remote influencing at all
1: no i have never heard of it before i'm going to research that there you go (laughs)
0: there you go Mm
1: -hmm.
0: something for you to look at but uh Mm -hmm. so okay we won't talk anymore about that but okay. um, I'm, I'm happy to have enlightened you with something new. Oh, that's cool. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. I've never tried that before.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Please don't try it on me. Man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, okay, so the last section I want to talk about real quick. Actually, mm-hmm. not real quick. I want to spend the rest of however long you want to talk about it. But okay. in in developing that gift. Mm-hmm. Um, for somebody who may, I I think you're right. I think everybody at some level has a psychic ability. Mm -hmm. Um, but for whatever reason, majority of people are either afraid of or don't believe it, um, and are not willing to tap into it. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, I think there's a smaller, um, portion of those people that, um, are willing to but are Mm -hmm. unable to because of some kind of a block Mm -hmm, and i've heard the term i've heard the term psychic block used Mm -hmm, right i feel like i might be in that category
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, but then there's a smaller category of people like yourself that have the gift and have been able to develop it and put it to useful um, application in their lives and to help other people's
1: Mm -hmm, right
0: so how do you go from being You know, not only skeptical and non believer to where you're at.
1: Um, Let's see. Um, Well, just like with people in my classes, okay, um, I also give a class on how to read minerals and stuff. So, there again, like with the remote view class, I really try and tap into people's ESP, their sensitivity their psychic eye their sen- their psychic sensitivity and i just tell them if you want this all you have to do is be open to it and then once you're open to it okay that you like like let's say you're skeptical or you want to know what psychic ability you have all you have to do is just say hey universe i'm interested and kapow They will lead you to books, to people, to situations to start learning and or honing your abilities. I think a lot of people, when they say that they're psychically blocked, it's like, okay, that's just showing me that you just got other things that you're doing in your life, and that's okay. You don't have time to open yourself up to psychic experiences, and that's okay. But the people that are wanting it, I think once that they give themselves permission, like saying, I really would like to learn this. I would like to see if, if I have any abilities. The second that you do that, your mind, your, your spirit, your essence, your everything is open to start learning. And, and then it's easy. From there on out, I think, yeah, I think it's easy. Once you give yourself permission, it's like, and I've seen this happen thousands of times, literally, is that if you say I'm open, it's amazing what the universe gives to you to help you learn it and embrace it. We have had people come to our team, our ghost hunting team, or to me saying, I don't think I'm psychic. I don't think I can ghost hunt. It's like, really? Okay. Once that you are with us, if you come with it, in fact, I'm going to use one of our team members, Carolyn, I just love her. She says, I'm not psychic. It's like, oh, okay. She was went on an investigation with us twice. And all of a sudden, it's like, Sandy, you know, blah, 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 blah. What does this mean? It's like, the longer you're with us, the more you learn, the more you do the more your abilities are going to come shining through. And she's an awesome psychic right now. Where she had self-doubt about her seven, eight years ago. Human beings are really complicated. And I'll tell you why. is because a lot of people... They don't want to accept that they've got an ability or go under hypnosis or whatever is because on a psychological level, they don't want to look stupid to people that are watching them or looking at them. I have seen this many, many, many times before. They say that they're blocked and it's like, that's okay. But then I see them as a person and their personality, their demeanor, their characteristic, they're afraid of what somebody, their, their loved ones, their family, their neighbors, their friend will think of them. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge stoppage point. That's mm-hmm. my opinion.
0: I agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that you nailed it right there.
1: Oh, being a human being is so hard. It's so difficult. Each and every one of us are so unique and wonderful, but we do have our flaws. And me too. I've got one or two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. i have a friend she's an awesome psychic now uh, here's one of my flaws i don't trust a lot of psychics i just don't okay but i have a couple that i talk with and one that i'm i'm speaking of we're very very close friends and but she she doesn't want to see things she says you know universe you can give me all kinds of information about what's going on but i do not want to see any ghosts once i do i'm quitting my job (laughs) i think that things like that that you don't want to see you won't because you'll put that blockage quote-unquote blockage inside of your own psychic senses where you won't see that you'll only see people you know uncle george walking around that you know he's eating an apple you know or something like that yeah that's just my opinion now i see those kind of things is because i help people with you know closure
0: does it does it bother you to see oh, that it stuff? bothers
1: me horribly yeah i don't let myself see those things too often only if somebody's just really, you know, a family, loved one or something like that, please, please let me know. In fact, I've got a lady right now that I'm trying to help her son committed suicide, and she's having a tough time with that. Well, I have to use a lot of diplomacy and tact to talk to him on the other side and give her the messages. So it's, it's hurtful, you know, a lot of times, it's just very hurtful. Uh, to see someone that has been um, in a a car wreck let's say Um, it's it's very hurtful to see that because it's like oh my gosh these poor people yeah it's it's not fun I mean I love what I do but sometimes it's just not fun understood yeah
0: thanks for sharing that that's
1: oh yeah no worries oh I've just had so many experiences and and I love, Andy, I just love to share any information that I have. I don't have all the answers. I, I search for answers answers every single day.
0: There's a, our, our world is a lot bigger. I mean, it's, oh. it's immense as it is compared to us as little tiny ants.
1: Oh, goodness
0: sakes. But yeah. what, what we perceive, the, the physical realm that we live in is really the, what the majority of us can, can only perceive. Mm-hmm. but there's so oh, much more to it than that
1: Oh, well, there is oh there really is and you know i i not to talk about myself and <clears throat> all the time but it's like you know i have had this all of my life i have had fun with it i have learned from it um sometimes it's all scary but you know i i wouldn't I, I i protect it i i protect my abilities like Oh, like you wouldn't believe. It's like um, if you can imagine a big fortress around this this little person, that's what I have. I, I protect it. I don't compromise it. I don't use it to hurt anybody. I love it. And I don't know, actually, at the point in my life right now, I don't know what I would do if, if I lost my abilities. Ooh. I wouldn't know how to live.
0: Yeah, that is a scary thought.
1: It is, yeah.
0: That's like having a a very close friend or a loved one that's been with you your entire life. And now they're no longer with you.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's scary sometimes Mm -hmm. because, um, I mean, I'm not a, you know, pure, (laughs) wonderful person. There's been times in my life. It's like, Oh, let's see. Revenge (laughs) is sweet. And then I think, Oh no, wait a minute. I might lose my abilities over that. Okay. I'll be nice. Darn it. (sighs)
0: Oh, that's smart. That's smart.
1: Oh well, I can't say that I have been um, um, wonderful all my life. I I do get my knocks in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but to to uh, understand that there are consequences mm-hmm. beyond what you beyond the physical. Oh yeah. To doing <laughs> to doing negative things or to oh yeah. You, know, wish you have to harm pay a somebody. price,
1: and I've paid those prices. Wow. But My revenge was was very sweet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's that's we'll we'll get into that on another on another day how about that <laughs> if you're open to sharing that one
1: oh gosh yeah it's uh-huh. all good
0: <laughs> so okay so since we're talking about developing the gift mm-hmm. um or increasing the awareness i, I mm-hmm. think that would be a more appropriate way to to approach this is you know ing- okay. increasing the awareness mm-hmm. um what are some steps or some exercises that you can suggest a person who's just interested in getting started in this? We've already talked about learning uh, as much as you can about it, but what are some physical like things that you can tangibly do?
1: Oh, well, I don't know about tangibly outside of getting books. Okay. Doing the exercises. And what um, is that? Uh practicing yourself on things, but okay, here we go. I love sharing this piece of information. Okay. If you are willing and you want to learn about your psychic abilities. Okay. What I tell people is do this when you're just about ready to go to sleep, envision yourself at the, at the head of a hallway and there's all these doors. Okay. Down this hallway. And in each door, at each door, the room behind it is something uh, on a metaphysical realm. maybe like the, the the first door you come to, it's "How to read stones." okay. And then you come to the second door, and it's remote viewing. You go to the third door, it's learning tarot cards. It's, and all of these doors just have a thousands of different types of metaphysical um, capabilities, awarenesses, and knowledge than things you can learn. So I tell people, okay, go to the first door. And for an example, let's say that's where you learn how to read tarot cards. And you go in there in the room and you see different tarot card decks and you pick up, you know, this one because it's colorful and you give it a try in your mind, you give it a try. And if it's like, oh, I, I, I just don't like this. Okay, fine. So you leave that room and you go into the second door and let's say the second door is ghost hunting. Okay. And you walk in that door. Oh, and there's spirits all over the place and they're waving to you and they're smiling and they're happy that you're there. That is an ability just to use that word. That's an ability that you have.
0: Oh, okay. Okay.
1: If you cool. go into a room and it's like, nah, I don't like this. That's not for you. If you go into another room and it's like, yay, yippee, you know, and the the, the flags are waving and the angels are coming out and (laughs) that's an ability that you have. So then you pursue that. You read the books, you talk to people, you, you practice.
0: Well, and it's a good point that you made uh, saying that there are thousands of doors because literally within the, the psychic realm, Mm-hmm. Or uh, also known as a metaphysical world. Sure. There, there are literally thousands of, of paths that you can take oh, and, and yeah. learn different things.
1: Mm-hmm. Just like you say with the hypnotism, you know, um, there's a friend of mine, she can look at, I, I can't ever pronounce the word, I iridology, I can't remember how to pronounce it very correctly, but she looks at your retinas. And she can see that things have happened in the past and in the future. Oh, yeah. So it's like we're all Never doing the same thing, just one. different. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: I've heard of scrying where you look oh, into a, a, mm-hmm. like a bowl of water.
1: uh huh, Or a black mirror. Or even they, they, they call like crystal gazing scrying as well.
0: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe a future discussion we'll have is what are some of the other maybe less known, lesser known mm-hmm. abilities that people with oh, psychic yeah. abilities has.
1: Oh, yeah. Like palmistry, you know, reading your palms, you know, things like that. I just like, I always tell everybody, if you're interested, pursue it. If you're interested, um, practice, embrace it. And don't, don't try, this is easier said than done because this goes back to like a psychological thing with being a human being is don't second guess yourself. If you have a vision or if you feel something, be sure to write it down or notate it somewhere because eventually the universe is going to show you, yeah, your feeling or your sensation or your vision. It's true. And that's a nice confirmation because then you start to not second guess yourself. Because even after all of these millions of years that I've been on the face of the earth, I'm human. And there's been times it's like, oh, was I you know, is that my own thought or was it a true vision? I mean, I know the difference Um, after all the years of doing this, I know the difference, but yet still it's like, you know, if I'm focused on doing something else and then I get a vision, it's like, okay, did I think of that? So (laughs) yeah, try and, and let your humanity go when you're practicing and you're learning. Because once that you get rid of your ego and you get rid of your id and you get rid of your humanity, then things really start coming to you fast and fury.
0: So we have to close this out because it's been two hours. Oh I, gosh, it has. I'm, yes, oh. I'm very grateful for the amount of time that you spent with oh, me and the stories fun. that you shared.
1: This has been fun.
0: Um, but before I let you go, I want to take a few minutes and give you an opportunity to talk about your books, your TV show your radio show. Oh, cool. Okay. What else you're working on going forward? All
1: right. Well, just briefly, my TV show is an Access TV show, but I first put him on YouTube and it's Psychic Creations. And what I do with that as with my radio show, which is called, um, well, I'll get into that in a minute. I just interview people. I love to share information, as I've said. And I love to show off people that they have um, interesting things that they do, musicians, authors, uh, whatever, uh, business owners. And so that's what my TV show is about. I have interviews with, with everybody. And then with my radio show, that's KNBC 95.1 FM here in Carson City. And you can hear us online. And there again, I you know, go into the studio or I have a studio in my home. Where I again interview people with interesting things that are going on what they do their businesses uh, their talents and so let's see with my books I do write about paranormal things mostly compilations of lots of stories but mostly what I write about is history and my a co-author is Arlene LaFerry and she is a uh, special works historian at the Reno Historic uh, uh, Society in Reno, and the Sparks Museum. And her and I together, we write history on a a particular building, like in Reno or or Crescent City or or Genoa, um, or, you know, all over the place. And usually uh, what I term that, uh, my books and our books as uh, historic paranormal, The first part of the book is the history about a particular building, like, let's say, the St. Charles Hotel. And then the second part is about the spirits that our team, Thinvale Investigators, has discovered. And I just published my 22nd book.
0: How can can people find your books if they're interested?
1: You can find my books at my website, which is www.sandy's.com. Psychicstones.com. And my name, I spell it S A N D I E. So that's Sandy's Psychicstones.com. And if you are interested in connecting with me, you can get a hold of me on my website uh, or Facebook, uh, Sandy Lene. Um, uh, let me see, I think, where am I else? I think I'm on Instagram, Psychic Sandy. Um, I'm on, I'm just everywhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we, we're we connected on Twitter as well. And uh, Twitter, that's yeah, right. Yeah, you, you and I just connected on Twitter, which is that's the one right. I use a lot.
1: Yeah, but just type in Sandy at that's a capital L-A, capital N-A-E, and I'm just everywhere.
0: That's great. Well, thank you for um, participating in this Dead Hand Radio Halloween special.
1: Oh, it has been an honor, Andrew. Thank you so much for this fabulous opportunity. And it has been fun talking with you.
0: I'm glad you enjoyed it because I enjoyed it as well. And I hope that we have an opportunity to do this again very soon.
1: Okay. Well, you have a good afternoon.
0: All right. Thank you, Sandy. And, uh, you yeah, too. Again, thank you, you so you, much.
1: This has been fun.
0: Thanks. Talk to you okay.
1: soon. Okay. Bye now.
0: Bye-bye.